Hello, friends. It's the first week of 2021, and I thought I'd just take a moment to acknowledge the weirdness of trying to make resolutions in the strange world that we're in right now. Given that many of our resolutions hinge on planning, and the ability to plan is exactly what was stripped away from so many of us, from the vast majority of us, well, pretty much the whole world, and it's still unclear if 2021 is going to be any more predictable, I thought I'd invite you to do something a little bit different, something that can affect everything else in your world and is another kind of resolution that I rarely hear about. I know you've heard lots of talk about mindfulness from me and I'm sure from many other people in a wide array of fields. One of the core principles of mindfulness is this idea of the beginner's mind as a key to everything. Today, I want to highlight that the basic foundation of beginner's mind is the ability to experience a sense of wonder. So in addition to whatever else you're thinking of for 2021, I suggest having invite wonder as one of your resolutions particularly in this year when so many things are going to be the same or will be disappointing or will be hard, wonder can be a great counterpoint. But this year, more than most, you'll have to seek it out to consciously cultivate it. It's very easy, especially in our modern society, to fall into feeling jaded, into comparing to expectations, into routines that actually strip you of wonder because you stop paying attention. That's one of the core features of a routine. Often, people feel a sense of wonder at seeing a place of great natural beauty for the first time, or through travel, or through experiencing other things that are new and surprising. This is finding novelty from outside of themselves, and that's usually an easy shortcut to wonder. But since this year we're going to be restricted in travel and you're going to be surrounded by familiar things, often overly familiar things that you've been stuck with for months, how do you actually invite wonder? You're going to have to cultivate your mindset to cultivate a mindset of wonder. Wonder is available to you if you shift how you're perceiving the world. I once heard a story about a Zen master whose primary practice was to pour tea every morning. He would do it the same way, in the same order, every morning for many years. One time a student asked if he ever wanted to learn something new. The master replied, yes, of course, but only after he'd learned everything there was to learn about pouring tea. Now, back to this world and your situation in 2021, I don't think you're going to necessarily be pouring tea so mindfully every single morning, but I have a few suggestions and ideas and then I'm going to read you something that keeps playing in my mind any time that I feel like I'm short on wonder. A great place to start is to take some time to watch sunsets or the dawn. If you're someone who usually pulls out your phone or a camera to take a photo, leave those devices at home and just watch the light change. Imprint it on your memory. Or... You could put on headphones and then close your eyes and listen closely to a piece of music that makes your heart swell, something that you know really, really well, and just completely lose yourself inside of the music. Or you could look 
closely at a photograph or a painting or some other piece of art, seeking out something that you hadn't previously noticed. Try to discover something about the process of making it or something else about the medium that is new for you. You can engage in something ephemeral or with an element of chance, like creating art with sand or found leaves, or looking at snowflakes through a microscope, or growing plants from seed, or learning to forage, or learning the songs of birds in your area and then go listening for them in the wild. You could even simply take a book that's really familiar to you and read it aloud if you haven't done that before. Basically, you can engage in anything with a sense of wonder, because it really depends on your perspective on it, not on the thing itself. A good reminder of wonder for me has always been the opening of Bill Bryson's book, A Short History of Nearly Everything. I read it many years ago, and it's been echoing in my mind ever since, so I'm going to read you an excerpt of it. I invite you to practice listening with an open mind, free of expectation, and even free of previous experience. It's a little beginner's mind practice. For you to be here now, trillions of drifting atoms had somehow to assemble in an intricate and curiously obliging manner to create you. It's an arrangement so specialized and particular that it has never been tried before and will only exist this once. For the next many years, we hope, these tiny particles will uncomplainingly engage in all the billions of deft, cooperative efforts necessary to keep you intact and let you experience the supremely agreeable but generally underappreciated state known as existence. Why atoms take this trouble is a bit of a puzzle. Being you is not a gratifying experience at the atomic level. For all their devoted attention, your atoms don't actually care about you. Indeed, don't even know that you are there. They don't even know that they are there. They are mindless particles, after all, and not even themselves alive. It is a slightly arresting notion that if you were to pick yourself apart with tweezers one atom at a time, you would produce a mound of fine atomic dust, none of which had ever been alive, but all of which had once been you. Yet somehow, for the period of your existence, they will answer to a single rigid impulse, to keep you, you. This is decidedly odd, because the atoms that so liberally and congenially flock together to form living things on Earth are exactly the same atoms that decline to do it elsewhere. Whatever else it may be, at the level of chemistry, life is fantastically mundane. Carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen. A little calcium, a dash of sulfur, a light dusting of other very ordinary elements, nothing you wouldn't find at any ordinary pharmacy, and that's all you need. The only thing special about the atoms that make you is that they make you. That is, of course, the miracle of life. But the fact that you have atoms, and that they assemble in such a willing manner, is only part of what got you here. To be here now, alive in the 21st century and smart enough to know it, you also had to be the beneficiary of an extraordinary string of biological good fortune. Survival on Earth is a surprisingly tricky business. Of the billions and billions of species of living things that have existed since the dawn of time, most, 
99.99% it has been suggested, are no longer around. Life on Earth, you see, is not only brief but dismayingly tenuous. It is a curious feature of our existence that we come from a planet that is very good at promoting life, but even better at extinguishing it. The average species on Earth lasts for only about 4 million years. So if you wish to be around for billions of years, you must be as fickle as the atoms that made you. You must be prepared to change everything about yourself, shape, size, color, species affiliation, everything, and to do so repeatedly. That's much easier said than done, because the process of change is random. To get from protoplasmal primordial atomic globule, as Gilbert and Sullivan put it, to sentient upright modern human has required you to mutate new traits over and over in a precisely timely manner for an exceedingly long while. So at various periods over the last 3.8 billion years, you have abhorred oxygen and then doted on it, grown fins and limbs and jaunty sails, laid eggs, flicked the air with a forked tongue, been sleek, been furry, lived underground, lived in trees, been as big as a deer and as small as a mouse and a million things more. The tiniest deviation from any of these evolutionary imperatives and you might now be licking algae from cave walls or lolling walrus-like on some stony shore or disgorging air through a blowhole in the top of your head before diving 60 feet for a mouthful of delicious sandworms. Not only have you been lucky enough to be attached since time immemorial to a favored evolutionary line, but you have also been extremely, make that miraculously, fortunate in your personal ancestry. Consider the fact that for 3.8 billion years, a period of time older than the Earth's mountains and rivers and oceans, every one of your forebears on both sides has been attractive enough to find a mate, healthy enough to reproduce, and sufficiently blessed by fate and circumstances to live long enough to do so. Not one of your pertinent ancestors was squashed, devoured, drowned, starved, stuck fast, untimely wounded, or otherwise deflected from its life's quest of delivering a tiny charge of genetic material to the right partner at the right moment to perpetuate the only possible sequence of hereditary combinations that could result, eventually, astoundingly, and all too briefly, in you. <laughs> Just wow, right? I love that. Now, can you understand why it's been stuck in my head for over a decade? So, if you're feeling short on wonder going into this year, I invite you to contemplate the amazing fact that you're here at all. Even your ability to feel bored or frustrated or uninspired is remarkable. And I, for one, I'm glad that you're here. This moment is only happening now. And I thank you for sharing it with me. Here's hoping you have a year filled with wonder, that you have a wonderful 2021.
Thank you for choosing to join me today on the No Complaining Project podcast. It was written, recorded, and edited by me, Sianna Stewart. All our music is by the multi-talented Daniel Berkman. Find him on Bandcamp. The transcript is in the show notes, and you can find more tips and links to my book at gonoco.com. That's G-O-N-O-C-O dot com. Thank you for giving the gift of no complaining to yourself and to the people around you. Until next time, go no co.